Hey folks, welcome to the debut episode of Fandoms, Culture, and Perhaps a Few Murders, a new podcast where we will be definitely talking about a bunch of events of the day as well as what's going on in pop culture and personal interests out there to many of the established fandoms that exist. So we're going to get the introductions out of the way, pass it off to Al. Hey y'all, I'm Al, I'm a huge nerdy anime fan, elder, millennial, if y'all want to say that, because I'm, you know, on the wrong side of 30, I'll just say that, and uh, I love horror movies, anime, gaming, mostly RPGs, don't really do what first person shooters happen to Halo, and I'm dating myself, Halo 3. Um, yeah, my interests span everything, from uh, classical music to random eclectic music, all over the place. Hi, my name is Feline, and I'm also a geek, if you would. I like anime, video games, you know, the, all the little check marks for being weird. Um, I do a little bit of cosplay, but you'll never see it, so. I also am very secretly angry. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, it's your host. I'm Spade. Uh, I have a kind of weird, assorted bunch of likes it's very i'm very particular with some of the things that i'd be interested in so that would come to anime i'm somewhat picky gamer lover of horror movies of course um and we're definitely going to be talking about everything mcu and dceu and the like so you guys will be in for quite the treat but we'll be talking about a different um topic each episode um we're going to start with the genre of choice which would be horror and the things that we hate that are going on with it, things that we love about it, and things that we would hope that we would see in terms of character development and possible ideas for any future project that gets made, seeing as horror movies get churned out for like a buck fifty directed video and whatnot. And those, and those, those, uh, those, those foreign versions of them, like the Revengers? You ever seen those knockoff films? I've seen some of them. At least by title. That's as far as touch I've seen it. Like, some sort of, I don't know what, some weird version of Spider Man in one of the countries in Africa. And they're really funny, like all the effects. Uh, there's this, uh, I think there's this like Russian Avengers or Russians Guardians of the Galaxy type thing. And like one of them is like a half bear in a full like body armor suit. It's so silly to look at. Okay, so so what are the things would you say that you uh, not like about it? Oof, I got, I got, for either I got two off the gate yep. as far as horror movies go. And and my first one is the, the, the super slow draw on sound footage. My issue is I get it's a sound footage thing that leads up to it, but it doesn't have to be 40 minutes of boring exposition. You could spice it up. Like, for instance... Um, while you're sitting there traveling, getting your 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 local idioms and stuff, and the, the local lore for whatever it is that you're searching in that forest or that haunted mansion or that haunted asylum or whatever it is that you're going to, that's completely fucked as far as the place goes. You could sit there and show little shit fucking around around you. There's subtle things you could do to a keep the person engaged and B, keep your story from drowning out and, and, and doling to the point where the person just wants to fast forward and get to the scary bit. And you can't leave the last 20 minutes of your fucking movie be the scary bit. Throw like 20 minutes of exposition and then the rest of the next hour and a half or the next 90 minutes or whatever you're going to put into it as, you know, 
good stuff. We've seen foreign horror films do that exactly. American films just can't. It drives me bonkers. That's my first one. I feel like American movies in general have a strong compulsion to put as much exposition into anything as they can. So like half the movie you're watching is exposition and then the actual story falls up after. You know why they do that? Because they treat their audience like idiots. While foreign, foreign films don't. They have less filter. Yes, that too. I feel like they, 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 they do more in their films. Like there was this really awesome um, Spain, or, or it was definitely an Hispanic film, horror movie, and they got trapped in the house that they were searching, and it was right on the middle of the street, it wasn't like secluded spot or whatever, they were right on the main road, and the haunted house was there on the main road, and they were in there, they got locked in there, and they couldn't get out, and it, like, there, there, there's a brick, the wall, the, the door that they came in was all bricked up, like, it, it was, there was so much good in that movie, and it was so little exposition in the beginning. It was that movie where she looked out the window and everything looked all lively and shit outside. Yes, the 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 the, the, the one where the, the the that had my favorite uh, uh, jump scare in it. Yeah. The one where the guy was looking down with his camera in the kids' room mm. and you just see a leg pop up from between the person's legs to grab a toy. Like, yo, that is not some shit motherfuckers expect. That looking down and then looking up, motherfuckers never do that. I feel like. Motherfuckers never do that in our movies. I, I guess that could be my third. Look up. Look up. That's almost like that in every movie, though, or any show. It's like every time that somebody goes into any room, whether it's a thriller or a horror or just anything, nobody ever really does look up. Only very few select characters do it. The only perspective right. that exists is eye level. Yes. Oh, my God. Eye level or, like, at the waist, maybe. Nothing happens below the And that happens at ankles, below the ankles, or shit, maybe. It's funny, too, because we were talking about you kind of touched base on the way that the audience is being treated. And it's like... When you're looking at foreign films, they kind of just throw you in the deep end, it looks like, quite a bit, because theirs are more psychological, and it seems that you're to pay attention to the exposition and the history of the story that they're telling you, for you to get what's going on on the screen, like, almost from the beginning. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, American films will tend to do the hand-holding thing, but they, it's like they feel like they have to kind of explain everything to the audience. And, right. and in some cases you know you kind of see them do it because that audience actually requires you know that type of explanation and you know obviously movies are going to show you things that you as a regular real life human being would clearly not do if you heard a weird noise and you're the only one in the house yeah i'm not going hello you're not exploring it you know but 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 you get it though because every you know a horror movie needs to have a victim it needs to have a kill like in the horror movie in the horror movie world they're never horror movies because motherfuckers never learn so whenever they do horror movies you have to throw out in your mind that there's never been a horror movie that any of these people have ever seen because they won't act like that regular fucking people won't be like huh i just saw this ball roll down this room to me and I'm the only person in this building let me go see where the ball came from except at the same time well to that point there is that like idea that lots of zombie movies don't use the word zombie because zombie movies don't exist so they always have like some different term that they come up with for their for their version of zombies 
But mm-hmm. at the same time, you think that would contradict too, because in the movies with the haunted house, you know they're going in there because they heard some history, or they end up digging into the history, so they know there's some supernatural shit, and then they continue to proceed as if there are no demons around. Mm-hmm. I like there was a horror. What horror movie was it that um, that sat there and broke that trope where like once scary shit started popping off, one of the people's like, "No, fuck this, I'm out," and they left. <laughs> He packed up his shit and he dipped. He took the car and left him there. And they were just like, no, we're going to stay. You're like, the only one that lives. Which movie was that? Do you remember? I feel like that was something that was something we've seen recently. I definitely got to look that up. <laughs> yeah. That was the one where like they left the room and then came back and the chick was strung up. Yeah. Like across the shit. I feel like there's definitely one that was there. I just can't remember what the title of it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, the the stories in which they talk about the um, they give you the exposition at the beginning. It's like unless for some audiences they give you a visual stimuli of what they're talking about, it seems like people don't pay attention to the dialogue much. It's like maybe in the theater, that's times where they decide, okay, nothing's happening on screen, so I can go get some popcorn, and then they miss when something yeah. does happen in a particular way, and the audience is reacting to it, and then they don't get it. It's like, wait a minute, what happened? What did I miss? Well, you didn't hear what was told. You apparently needed to be a visual creature and see what it was that happened. I feel like subtle audio cues are a thing that could be utilized a lot more effectively in horror movies. Like, for the found footage shit, when they're just recording and it's tons of exposition and it's a slow burn, it would be a lot more useful, I feel, like if they added little whispers. Not anything huge that's gonna be like really in your face, but just little but things. Just sort of hint or something. Right? Yeah, that like almost make about, you like, double check like yourself. If somebody mentions the, the ghost name, somebody's wind, like a wind flows through, or like something ominous like that, like an omen or a warning of some sort every time, or what, like. Yeah, something like that, or just the lightest hint of a whisper that almost makes you wonder if you ever heard it at all. Like, is that real or is that in my head? The other thing is, is that, um, to your point from earlier, is like there are some movies who masterfully put little things in the background that you blink and you miss a type of moment, and then yeah. and then just did that with the the, 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 the demon face. Yeah, and then walking through the house, boom, flash, yeah. and you're in the kitchen. You're like, did I fucking see that? And then there's some things where some movies deliberately do it way too much. And it's like they do it for just shock effect. You know, like, shit, I just saw something real fast, you know? Yeah, one of the things I was going to say that I don't like about horror movies is like, for as much as you want to see something happen, when something is very telegraphed, like that shot that's in a lot of horror movies where, you know, they're in the fridge or in the closet. So, you know, the door's open and it's blocking the area behind it. So, you know, when they close it, you're going to see something. Whether it's going to be a huge jump scare or a small one, you always feel it coming. So, there is no surprise. And I know it's a right. hard thing to ask, like, to come up with a brand new way to show something that's never been seen before. But, like, when that shot is so apparent, they could just cut it out of the film completely and do something different. It's yeah, like they telegraph it beforehand. It's, yeah, it's just like like when they're in the bathroom and they pull open the cabinet mirror and then they close it, you expect a face there. Yeah. See, and now it's expected every time, so when they don't do it, it's a subversion and they're supposed to like get credit for it. Like, no, motherfuckers, because you didn't do it, doesn't change the fact that you were still setting up to do it. I will note that some of them it's do that now. Cute. Unless you're going to utilize the, the mirror itself as like, um, what is it, that movie Mirrors? Uh-huh. Where like the person left in the mirror, the, the image just kind of stood there. Yeah. And then stuff like to the tub and started ripping his whole face apart. Uh-huh. That'd be a way to fucking do it. 
Because I feel like when it's telegraphed in such a way, it doesn't matter how scary the next thing is, it takes away from it a lot when you know it's coming. It's like they telegraph, you know, when you're, you've watched enough movies, uh, especially horror movies, to know that whenever there's a gap of space to the right of the character, it's like, okay, something's going to pop off right yeah, there, you know? So really, yeah. so really, the only way that you could do it, and I will say that there are some movies currently uh, that do the whole leading into telling you what you're about to see and then like the mirror thing you're talking about they you know they look one time they open it and then obviously people are expecting that when they close the mirror they're going to see something back there but sometimes they actually don't do it and it's like more movies do that to try to do the subversion thing only to try to do it right afterward to be like okay we we skipped the moment you were expecting it and now we literally had you somewhere else but here's the thing with us Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Trope become a trope, and when tropes become when when they become tropes, they become cliches. Yeah, some of them and are. Nobody likes that shit. So that's the thing, though, is like if you can get off a pretty good like jump scare that felt organic, as soon as anybody who's seen it, even aspiring filmmakers and established filmmakers in Hollywood, they'd be like, "Oh shit, that shit really worked." Then you're gonna see it pop up in almost every film, and then it loses you know its luster. You know what I find is always effective. It's that, uh, that, that, that old school shit where it's like the person is looking around and trying to see something and then you just see that motherfucker from the side of them slowly walk up or they do it fast. Running in as a jump nope. scare is like, borderline like, funny. Yeah, that too. It depends on how it's done. Like in Mama, um, when, when Mama did the, you know, the, 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 the body movement shit, she was in far of the room and then boom, she was right there. When you do shit like that, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's sits there and like, whoa, that, that makes the motherfucker sit back. And that's the point. That's what the reaction that they're looking for. When they do shit like that, or when, like, um, like in The Grudge, when the grudge monster was coming down the stairs with the legs cracking and the noises and shit. That's what I mean. Like, audio can be a really useful factor, especially if you're not seeing too much and you're just hearing, like, bones cracking in the dark. I feel like that's going to fuck with you. Something that looks like a rag doll type of effect where, you know, they kind of stand there all disjointed and stuff. That that type of visual messes with some people and they can't handle the cracking of bones. Uh, I mean, Feline couldn't take, as far as I know, about um, just the noise that she would make in The Grudge. And it goes to her point about how effective audio can be. You're just sitting there hearing somebody go like, uh... And it's really grating and it gets under your skin. I'll tell you this, though. uh, To the point of things that we like in horror, I'll tell you, in The Grudge, though, I thoroughly enjoyed some of the shit that she did in there. She had some tricks. and um, It was the the original Grudge was well done. The Americanized version was fucking dumb. Well... I I, I fucking get Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm a huge Buffy fan. Buffy all fucking day. Out for a walk, bitch. I'm about it. I just can't see her in the horror movie because she was in uh, 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 that, what is it? The, the, um, I know what you did last summer. Yep. And so putting her in something like that kills it for me because I can't see her in that role. And her, the, 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 the lines, I guess, just didn't work for her. At least not for me. Well, the thing is, is that it, it helped her because she wasn't, she didn't have to say too much. She didn't really have to act a specific way other than being seriously traumatized. You notice that she was kind of, you know, ba- you know, you could tell she saw some shit because she yeah. was the caretaker to the yeah. woman who lived in the house. Yeah, so that actually, 
yeah, but like when she first got to the house and that whole like the first part, like when she was there and she showed up and I don't know, just the the acting for that just wasn't for me. A neat trick that happened in the grudge though, that's to the point kind of of what you're talking about for foreign films. The hand in the shower. Yeah. I feel that, like that was well done. That was definitely something that pulled people in, like from the audiences. So. Yeah. I couldn't wash my hair. I was <laughs> Like every time I wash my hair, like I would get soap in my eyes because I'd have to open my eyes real quick, look around, <laughs> double check my head. That, that's that thing too, is like people have a innate fear of the shower simply because they're naked, they're most vulnerable and feeling like they fair, felt a pair of knuckles in their hair. But yeah, you know what I mean? Close Fingers that aren't like yours. When I was a kid, I used to sit there and like open the shower curtain to make sure there was nothing back there trying to get me. <laughs> Now to the point of your, the thing that you that you don't like that you haven't mentioned yet, but I'll, I'll give a, a bit of insight to is uh, again with the same franchise, the most recent Grudge remake where her mouth was wide open as she like spewed on her. In the, you got to see it in the trailer. Yes, yes, and, and since we're doing that, we're gonna segue into my final fucking thing that I hate about horror movies is when motherfuckers keep their mouth open. Why do you have your mouth open? Why do you have your mouth open? It is clearly something gross coming at you. Why is your mouth open? And then you keep it open while it's still flailing at you. Like it'd be streams of goo. No, close your mouth. What is wrong with you? It's the most disgusting thing. Fucking everything. Any movie, any horror movie that has it in there. But like Drag Me to Hell was one of the worst. <laughs> because of that old woman. I had nothing against the old woman, but I did have something against her. Rubber her gums and shit against that bitch's jaw. Like she had her whole mouth gumming. Like, <laughs> no, why is her why is her lower her whole lower jaw inside of your mouth? That's the stuff. And then she throws up like I'm assuming it's grave dirt and worms and shit on her and she just <sighs> mouth open, arms flailing walk. Well, we, we know that Sam Raimi is, is there for the gore factor. He, you know, Evil yes. Dead is that, that whole dichotomy there is on display. Yes. And, I, and, I, and I absolutely get that for Sam Raimi. All big ups to, to Sam Raimi and the whole Raimi family because I'm a big Xena fan and I, I, I love all the Raimis. But, um, dude, like, mouth open. No, 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 no. Every horror movie, every comedy movie, every whatever movie, you're a person. You are not going to keep your mouth that fucking open for that long. Well, it's not, it's not There was, there was this, it wasn't a movie. It was like a online story that you heard like creepypasta or some horror podcast thing where someone woke up in the middle of their night with some creature having their tongue in their mouth licking their teeth and they <laughs> they did something to it where like their teeth were replaced with like sacks of some sort so it kept licking on it until it burst and juices came out i don't know what it was what? disgusting Hell to the no. disgusting to the no, no 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 fuck no fuck all of that no to every <laughs> single bit of it just throw that whole shit away the whole segment just boom gone away no that's disgusting <laughs> like the mouth like god imagine waking up to a tongue in your mouth licking your teeth like underneath the lips and shit you can see the lip moving with the tongue hidden underneath the lip like Ugh. yeah I once had a music teacher who told some kid, because they kept sucking their teeth every single time that they said something. He said, keep sucking your teeth and I'll suck them for you. And I'm like, what? Uh, Excuse what? me? 
Excuse me? way more intimate. I'm pretty sure you wanted it to be. You might want to take that back, rewind, and come back. <laughs> That's hard, but he said, if you suck, if you keep sucking your teeth, I'm going to suck them for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he got the, the point across to disturb that cat. I bet he didn't suck his teeth after that. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's horrible. He said, I'm going to suck your teeth for you. Oh, shit. The, That's terrible. I, I will. That'd be, like, that'd be like some dude you I would digress for a moment before I talk about anything that I specifically didn't like in a horror movie. But I, what I did say that I liked about some of the stuff that she did in The Grudge was that scene where the the woman was in the office building and she was done for the night. And then she started to see a shadow appear on the floor, which was looking at a security cam. And this yeah. was this was after she had the initial encounter, which was she had was about to go, I think, out the door to a stairway, and the lights start to you know kind of flicker on and off there, and then she could see the arm of her coming up from downstairs, and it, oh. all you could see it was on the railing, and then I like that subtle shit. Yeah, the like way that. the way she moved with the 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 cricking like a. Like, you know, remember one of those um, toys? Yeah, where the toys have, you know, they were all articulated in particular. Yeah, they, you know how they were, they have figures that were articulated for all the joints. Yeah. So it's it's we like... Might be too old. We might be too old for some dogs. For yeah, but, like but the thing is, is that... They don't make Barbie dolls like that no more. Yeah, it's she... The rubber and the, 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 the foam little, the, the metal in yeah. the inside so you can pose the arm and shit. Yeah, she came yeah. up the stairway as those lights were going out. And then you could hear her make her trademark noise she made and then that freaked out the woman enough to go out the door but then she got stuck and when she looked back you know her i think she had a rabbit foot on a keychain or something and it was held by the female's hand like she got up those steps real quick as soon as she realized that the other chick knew that she was coming up the stairs she got up that fast to be able to hold her in place and, and there was a there was a scene I wanted to say that happened in the same frame in which she had dropped on the ground and the chick's head was went from the corner of the door open just a crack where her head was at the top and it just glid down to her level on the floor. And then she ran off and she told the security guard that there was somebody or something in the stairwell so he went go to go check it. So she stayed in the safety quote unquote of the office and she watched the video. As the guy went there, checked where she just was. Of course, everything was fine. He didn't experience anything. But then as she continued to look, there was a shadow that appeared on the floor in front of that doorway. And then she came rising from the ground up into a fully formed shadow figure and then was doing her little walk as she was walking down the corridor. And she was like, okay, I had enough of that. So she took off. (laughs) And, and, And then it's also where... She did that thing where she was at home. She thought she was at home, she was safe. She was leaning in the elevator. She didn't see the boy with the cat through the little windows as each floor was being passed by the elevator. Oh yeah, I remember that. I love those. Yeah. Those were good. I like, I like, I like elevator scares too. If you, especially if there's actual, like actual something going on in the elevator. So you're focused on that. Motherfuckers with good eyes will, 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 will catch the, the slick shit happening on the side. Yeah. And then there was a subversion of she was expecting her brother to, you know, get in contact with her and to come. And um, she had, prior to this, she had phone calls in which 
she heard her trademark you know throaty sound and you know she just threw her phone down and she was, and she, she literally got reverted back to a child um like moments after she had um went to the door after she heard a bell ring and she looked through the camera saw that was her brother standing there she had a little sigh of relief she opened the door only to see that nobody was there mid-sentence that she was talking. And then all she heard was her phone that was still in her hand at the time also do the throaty voice that the, the, the chick usually does. And then she dropped the phone, ran into the room, got into the bed, had her legs up to her chin like she was six or seven years old. And, you know, then she heard... I think another sound. I think she heard another sound. Yeah, she did like she did do like a couple of rocks, but then she she heard I feel like she heard something else or something else went down where she got under the covers. And then, you know, she heard the sound again and she looked under the covers and then she got yoked because the chick's face was right on her chest. And she yoked her through the bed. Yeah, I never liked that part either because it's like the idea that you're supposed to be hiding under a blanket to like protect yourself from it. Not that a blanket's gonna keep you safe, but the idea But this time, they're fucking under the blanket with you. Now, right there, that right there is a perfect example of the subversion of, you know, how she got taken. You know what I mean? That's real funny. There's an anime that I'm watching on, uh, I think it's Funimation, where um, this girl can see ghosts. And she ignores them because she thinks that they know that she sees them. They'll take her. Yep. Or they attack her. And one of the times, she's laying in bed, and she just sees a lump by her stomach. And so she lifts the blanket, and there's a fucking face under there. Scary one, too. And she's just... And then she's going back to the phone. And she's looking at her phone while she's sweating and she's trying to not let it know that she sees it. But it's sitting there, just right on her stomach, looking up at her and shit when she looks at the blanket. I'm like, no, I had a note, I had a note, all the, all the notes. That's always my mentality. If you think something scary is going on, as soon as they know you know, they're going to get you. So you just got to yeah. mind your business. Like, did I see something <laughs> scary? No, I didn't see anything. Keep it moving. <laughs> that's the thing you see in the, in some of the recent horror movies where somebody's curiosity is just that you know great on them that they keep looking at the figure that's not supposed to be there and they keep looking long enough until that figure turns its head and notices you and then you turn and quickly look away thinking that okay no that was there was interference because we didn't make eye contact so therefore no. you know you still don't see me it's sorry. It moved its head. Yeah, yeah so they, so they find out. You know, they find out that ultimately, of course. Like, I used to walk a dog with my sister at night, and she would say, like, did you hear that, or did you see that? I'd be like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I didn't hear shit. Let's walk. I hear nothing. You ain't hear, I ain't hear nothing. You ain't hear nothing. Let's go. Walk. There's some movies that do, um, uh, to the point from earlier, about um, using techniques where you can see something coming. It's like very few movies that decide to do a more intimate shot where there isn't that telltale gap of space. And all there is is the camera's focused on the person you're supposed to be focused on. And then if they want to get you with a scare, it's the camera automatically panning to the left or to the right of said person where they get shocked because somebody or something is standing there. Now those types of effects work on people just as well as a jump scare would without telegraphing that a jump scare is going to happen yeah but um the thing is is that one of those then that's like just an idea of what they could do as far as coming up with a new way to film something and then scare you in a way that's definitely organic because when you're watching a horror movie now you're expecting okay there's going to be those shots 
where something's going to show up in the background, whether it's just that subtle being that knows that the main character is there, or something that before they're learning exactly what it is, you see something in the background. It's like you always see that type of stuff. And um, those types of things can't be helped to an extent because that's always going to be something where, oh shit. You know, that's where that moment's supposed to be. It's like, I see that back there. Right. Or, you know, or you're, if, so if you're watching with somebody, you'll be saying, oh, did you see that? You know, it's like, that's that goes par for the course with them doing what you were talking about earlier, like putting subtle things in the background that eagle-eyed viewers would pay attention to if they're actually looking at the screen. Yeah, it's like, it's like a bonus for the people who are paying attention yeah. as opposed to people who are there just hoping to get a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, there there will always be that audience where they want, they go to the movies to be scared. So jump scares, they welcome, even if it seems like you could see it a mile away. I, I almost feel like if you are watching a horror movie with an audience in the theater, it's almost like it's a set expectation that there's always going to be somebody who screams at a part that's not scary at all and they feel well, like it's something they want to do levels to that because then there's like people who have been exposed to horror movies we're old enough to have like the the the, the first lashes we're old enough to watch we were old enough to where like freddy krueger was coming out and we watched this shit so like we have a different level to our our uh like what's the word of tolerance is maybe the word i'm looking for you know what I'm saying? So, like, paranormal activity would have, would have been scary to that entire young audience, but it wouldn't have been scary to me and you. Yeah. I mean, they did some things where they made their mark in the genre. Um, and make that money. Good yeah. Shit. And, what, uh, 13K to make the whole fucking thing, and they made billions yeah yeah so the the profit margin is huge when you do something the only problem with that is is that because you were successful inevitable sequels come out that could be questionable at best let alone you know obvious cash grabs and and whatnot and that's probably ties into what i would say that i would hate about horror movies but then again that can be extended to any movie or show in general really when the success of one particular entry can be a pick your poison type of situation because I don't mind that a movie that I enjoyed was successful enough to make one. Right. But the thing about it is, is that when I want that world to be exposed and I want to see more of that character that interests me, but also at the same time, I also know that it can be diluted. And yeah, there's only so many final destinations you can really fucking have. Which are trying to make another one right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but honestly, it's like. I don't yeah, that's the thing. That's what Final Destination has. Is you know, as their main, their main lure is how death, quote unquote, kills the victims who cheated it. The, you know, the audience is there for is to see how these people are going to be off. That's why Final Destination is successful, in my opinion. I agree. Because at some point it's just it's just dumb. Like we get it. And like the last one had a cool tie-in to the first movie, which was a nifty thing. But like what they're doing, they need to just stop. The other, the last one was fine enough as a conclusion, you know, because it tied in everything back to the first movie with the airplane. So that was the one where the black guy got hit by that first airplane, right? Like he thought he survived, and then the airplane from the first movie crashed on top of him. Yeah, I think so. See, just like the Saw movies, I'd say because Final Destination has so many entries, a lot of the events that happen in particular films mesh in my mind. So I can tell you where a scene particularly happened yeah, in what film. That I mean, when you have too many movies, people just end up mixing them up because you have like the same structure. For all of the movies, people aren't going to be able to remember which one was which. 
Like, I like the one with the roller coaster, but I don't know which one that one was, too. That was the second one, I believe. Yeah, see, I would, like, but that, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about, though. But the thing is, is that it's kind of funny, though. I bet that if I asked you what kill that Freddy Krueger did specifically in what way to this person, I think you have a better chance of pointing out which movie that happened in versus what I ask you happened to a particular potential victim in one of the Saw movies. Do you find that funny? I do find that funny. It might be a little bit easier. I think it might be easier to identify because you actually have a character specifically doing the killing as opposed to a machine or a series of events. Or an ephemeral being, yeah. I get that. So there, you, there's a main baddie there for you to sit there and look at and be like, holy shit, he's gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, but here's the thing though with that. Is that you can sit there and say that yeah there's uh that when you're talking about the intricacies of it with the machine as far as the saw franchise goes or the apparatus being used yes that's true however even when we're using the example of freddy and saying that yes we know freddy killed this person but it's the kill that you remember and yet you can remember the kill specifically tied to a particular movie within that franchise whereas you have the death that can happen in final destination or in a saw movie and unless you've seen it tons of times or you're an aficionado of said franchise a normal regular casual moviegoer who's seen the film let's say three or four times like each entry probably casually couldn't tell you where a particular kill had happened and in what film even though we know that technically you can attribute all the deaths in the Saw franchise to Jigsaw because he's the one who abducted them or at least his people his disciples did you know what I mean he doesn't kill anyone himself yeah I mean, yeah, he, he, he says he doesn't kill anyone themselves because it's like he, he puts them in the situation to see whether or not they value life. Although it seems like some parts of his teachings evade those disciples that he's had. Also, though, for Freddy specifically, I feel like because he is a character, he also has a catchphrase or some line that goes with each kill in particular. So it helps like attribute its place. I mean that that could be a, like a, a marker, like a, it's like a bookmark that you could put towards that kill, sure. But then there's other characters who are as iconic who don't say a damn word, like Michael Myers killing in like, what was it nine, ten movies now, and um, Jason in about eleven films, in which you can point out a death that happened, and you can kind of have a better chance of pinpointing where that death happened in what film in that series those are still led by characters at the very least even if they aren't talkative characters yeah but the thing is is that it's like it's because i actually want to sit there and say maybe it's because the the deaths are so elaborate in the saw franchises and and in final destination that they their deaths are so similar almost that it would be harder to whether you can tell a character or not whereas in the slasher films the way that they were killed isn't as complicated so you can kind of pinpoint that it might make that easier for you to do so like jason folded someone the wrong way in bed in freddy versus jason but i can pinpoint that because of how that death occurred whereas it's pretty visceral (laughs) which is i can't i mean i there's so many things in the saw franchise okay there was the woman who reached her hands to the boxes to try to get the syringe in the middle. And then there was one where it, she had the reverse jaw clamp mechanism on her head. It's like, okay, I can remember those distinct things, but I can't tell you what films they belong to. I can tell you the, you know, the other ones because those ones are very distinct, whereas the other ones are trap-laden. But certain ones stick out more than the others. And you know, it's like there was one that was a guy who was almost looked like he was splayed 
because his arms were uh, held up in some sort of suspension. And then when time ran out, he got ripped in half. But I can't tell you what movie that came from, you know, from which Saw film I that was. I will say that specifically for Saw franchise, it does go back and forth in time quite a bit. So the chronological timeline that you'd be trying to follow to help you place like, okay, let's say, I don't know for sure, but let's say like Saw 6 is like the earliest in the timeline or whatever. So you could know that you saw that kill in a later movie, but you can't tell which one because that shit's all over the place. I feel like the death that happens in film is the one that would stick out to you despite where the story's placement would be. It's just that you know that you saw uh, somebody like get their testicles cut off uh, by a machine in one of the Saw movies. And even if it was in Saw 7, but the events happened in the past where it got placed in Saw 1, that really doesn't matter simply because the death happened in the seventh film in that franchise, which is where you're pinpointing it. Because if you're going into like you're it's like now you're mucking it up a little bit more if you're thinking about timelines because then it's like yes that death happened in the seventh film but in a chronological order happened between one and two but it's like if you're just looking at it just taking it for what it was on screen the death happened in the seventh movie you can pinpoint it if you remembered how visceral that kill was whereas in the older films it's like the way that they were killed was far less complicated than it is in like Final Destination and in the Saw films. I can tell you in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 where he had one of the kids um, like splayed because he was puppeteering him through his veins. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like you can point out. Yeah, despite even though, of course, Freddy is the one who is doing it. The thing is, is that you can tell what the kill is and where it belongs in a particular film because that death is memorable and it's so much of an individual in terms of like each death is like a, a whole ass person let's just say you can sit there and say it has so much character to it that it stands alone that you could easily point where that was in oh, yeah. in those movies whereas you know again the way that death quote-unquote hunted his you know his cheated victims i mean one was so elaborate that it was he did some what water had had leaked out onto the floor and then he something happened where he'd slip twist and then land and Garrett himself on a wire in his bathroom. You know, it's like I I remember that kill. Then there's, there's also but the not where it was. Boy sat there and like won the lottery and came home accidentally, like got his hands stuck in the the garbage disposal while he was cooking. Mm-hmm. He, a piece of plastic had to fall in his Chinese food that he put in the microwave to set it off on fire. Like it was like twenty different things that had to happen before this motherfucker died from falling off of his what was it this escape ladder from the outside of the building? What the fire escapes? Yeah. He got impaled in the eye by the fire escape after falling off of it, falling on the floor on the spaghetti that he threw out the window. Yeah. Wait, wait, so and all. Then get impaled by the eye. Like, yeah. Seventy things that had to have fucking happen for this to happen. It's literally a Looney Tunes cartoon where they would set up the app, trap <laughs> apparatus just to get the one person. You'd see how that they had to animate each section for that shit to work. See, I was gonna say Scooby Doo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the Fred traps. Yeah, that that would be the more recent thing to reference. Yeah, Tom and Jerry had that shit too. The thing that knocks over the bowling ball, which knocks over something else. Yeah, it, it, it moves some <laughs> stick that had a boot on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, literally, it's like uh, it's it's moving chess pieces into place before Death claimed one of his cheaters. You know. 
Right. But um, again, though, it's like one of those movies I can't, uh, you know, point out to you which one that one fell into. But mm-hmm. but you know, it's like um, but the your your favorite kill with the 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 with the bitch who you know hated roaches. You could tell exactly what movie that came in, didn't you? You know, it's like you would know that. Which one was it? Was it Creepshow? That's No, That's no. Ready. The other movie with the guy who had his perfectly clean house and there was a bunch of roaches that got in. Was that Creepshow? Uh, I yep. think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's Creepshow. Yeah, it's Creepshow. The one with the all-white stare move. Oh, that was the worst one. I hate that one. This movie. I, me and cockroaches are negatory. No, 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 no. What, what no. African no. hissing cockroaches? Ugh, not the Madagascar one. Yeah. Like, yeah, can you imagine that roaches aren't our roaches already are not welcome when you see them and they're quiet as shit but yet one that's not welcome in your home and it hisses at you no, yeah, the ones you know the audacity my grandmother used to sit there and tell me about the ones that she would see in Puerto Rico she said they were flying to your hair and shit like no no your no, hair no yes they had wings they would fly, fly and they would get caught in your hair because it would be dark a lot of Puerto Ricans have dark hair mm. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that, you know, I would I would have been able to spot, you know, it's like, hey, I, I didn't know you was wearing a barrette in your hair. No, I feel oh, like you could no. feel that. <laughs> you could feel the wings flapping and getting stuck in your hair. Ah, I'm sitting there saying the sheen, the sheen of the of the, the, the wings. Can you, you imagine, catch it. like, you're It would look like, like one of those golden barrettes you can find at fucking CVS, the dark ones. Can you imagine brushing your hair without knowing it's there and then it gets all dead and gooey in your hair? No, no, never, no, never mind. Yeah, never mind that. You see, that's obvious. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah, see, that's obvious to you know be able to spot it. But what if you know you brushed it and it knocked out of your hair? But and you're so focused on you know like trying to stomp on it when you visually see it on the ground that you forget that when you brush it off, one of its legs is in your hair still. Mm. You know what I mean? You know. It's always those moments. It's always those small moments where, you know, let's just say, for example, you did catch a bug on you and you so brushed it off and you have that creepy crawly feeling still at the end. And then your hair decides to be an asshole at that moment and let a strand fall that you could feel it. And then you, and then you and double I'll, check and I'll leap slap again. I would slap the shit out of myself. I would slap the shit out of myself. <laughs> Immediately. Like, bah, bah, it's like for all the times for the strand to be an asshole, it shows that. I'd say that, um, I don't know, was there any other movie moment that you would say that you thought was memorable? I don't remember which we heard all the few lines. Horror movie tropes and shit that she didn't like. I didn't say mine, but maybe mine's gonna sound kind of prude, but slasher films where you always have to see a titty or two. <laughs> like, you can't... Yeah, you can't just watch a movie for the kills and for the scares. It always has to be someone naked. Like, I know that's appealing for the males in the audience, but like, I just want to see people die in interesting ways. Maybe see something spooky. Yeah, I don't need to see titties. That was probably from the 50s and on. (laughs) And I feel like it was probably used a lot kind of to help make their shit be noticeable because having something inflammatory always gets you attention. That's how it works, right? Controversy craze, guys. Sex sells. But it's like, it's something that I sort of don't look forward to whenever I know I'm watching an older horror movie because I know it's coming. It's not necessary. It doesn't really contribute to the story outside of, you know, just being gratuitous. Right, like here's a nipple. Now let's kill someone. Like, yeah. Why does the nipple have to be there? 
<laughs> like, why can't you just kill them? The nipple is important to the story. <laughs> the nipples are not important to the story. They're, 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 they're not crucial. <laughs> they're, not, they're not turning points. <laughs> they're not ex machinas. They're just tits. They're nipples. That's it. But they're always there. I will throw in a... Exactly. I will throw in a cursory uh, hate from a, uh, 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 from a friend, a uh, cat of mine. He said the the tripping bitch in horror movies. Oh, yeah. The tripping bitch oh, yeah. is what he wants to see go. There's always... If she's not tripping, she's just really annoying. She's a character you kind of want to die. Or she gets someone else killed because she's annoying. Yes. They should just go first. (laughs) Right, just die first. Can we just kill this one off first? Just hurry up and die. Hurry up and die. What would be your, I wouldn't say favorite, but what horror movie that has come out recently, you know, have you liked? Or would you say has been one of the best ones you've seen so far? Horror movie? I know I've talked to you about it, but I like As Above, So Below, because it does a lot of, like, neat little kind of tricks to it. I do like that the kills in there and the, the scares in there I do like. Because it is kind of like subtle things, especially if you are paying attention to the dialogue, seeing something come up that you know is part of something they mentioned that I feel like right. some people might not connect it to. They'll just see something random, like a piano and not really realize what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that one was likable. For something that kind of had something subtle that kind of unnerved me, even if it wasn't outright scary, um, Hereditary, when it had the little green light or something, that would happen right before the dude got possessed. I didn't like the idea of something like that being subliminal messaging to me. Like, yeah. do I need to look at this? If I look at this, will something happen to me? Will I become possessed? Little things like that. Like, I mean, if they did like fourth wall breaking maybe through during it, I think then that would be plausible, but otherwise it's- But you know what I mean? Like it's something just a little light. It's not scary in any shape or form, but you know it's connected to this film. You know it's connected to this possession. And I feel like the fact that it's not presented as being something scary makes it kind of unnerving. Like, why are you, why are you making me look at this? What are you trying to do? <laughs> they want to possess you too. I really couldn't pick a recent horror movie that I really liked. I'm too like all over the place with my likes. I don't have maybe like one favorite anything. I have a bunch of favorite, and like I could sit there and say I have a favorite franchise maybe, but I can't even do that because I like the Hatchet franchise, but I also love me some Freddy Krueger franchise, and nobody can be Freddy in my eyes. Um, but I am a Hatchet fan too. Um, I think I, I, I don't know. I, it's a recent horror movie. As above, so below. Good choice. Um, I might have to, to co-sign that one unless Faith comes up with a better one. Well, the Hatchet. I can't come up with I can't come up with recent horror movies unless we're talking like like the foreign film ones, and even then I don't remember their names. But there were so many good ones. That Spanish one I was talking about though has been my most recent favorite one. Though the quarantine, the I mean Rec, the Rec series, not quarantine, the Rec series would be all right up until the third one. Oh, speaking of foreign ones, that kind of American versions, Pulse, Pulse. Gave me chills. I didn't like any of the like kind of faces or again well, that's they, the I, one with the, the ghosts in the in the computers and shit, right? And yeah. Like tape to cover shit up. I like that. I like that. Yeah, and I feel like again there was the idea of kind of like subliminal things, like needing the red tape. It makes you feel like you're kind of not safe. Right, and then like being in that room, you could tell how claustrophobic it was, and how like you could tell that room was probably really warm and just uncomfortable. It had a scent to it too. Yeah. <laughs> probably tasted something in the air that just wasn't right. Honestly, it's like, um, I like Pulse because of the fact that they felt the people you saw on camera were very isolated. And it's like, um, they you really felt, even when you looked at the campus and everything was 
kind of gray and dark like a storm was coming and the the palette of the scenes had some blues took some greens in it and it almost seemed like all the color was draining out of the world at that time especially that college campus seemed to get less and less populated and people were either disappearing or leaving in droves and yeah the whole like desolation of like the streets and shit like that and then you see like windows covered and shit like that i liked that it made it seem like it was more pandemic-y than what the person was realizing in the story than what you were handling with the person there with and the thing was is that you just focused on the two characters that you were following the entire film and maybe some of the people who they associated with and every single one of them even when together were alone you know and it's like you could feel that isolation and that's what works for that film um besides the very subtle makeup you know that was done on the creatures you know the creatures there the the ghosts mind you it's like they were just pale white people who were blued out and can open their mouths pretty wide you know what i mean yeah i mean it's like it's like the the scene where she just kept getting faxes and then set up the whole thing on the floor and it was one big ass image i wouldn't keep doing that why would you do that because something was sending you a message and you needed to know But the thing is, is that um, that's an example of one of the American remakes, at least in, in my opinion, that seemed to be done well because they didn't really have to do too much to change from the source material. Because I remember the Japanese version and um, it was just as interesting, but also, you know, the dichotomy of how the grudge was versus the American remake. It's like you look like you're watching a soap opera the way it was filmed. You know, it looked like a regular TV show more than a movie. But it's like out of the the three or four grudge movies that exist over here, um, the first one I'd say was probably the, the better one of them all, though the second one wasn't too bad. It kind of picked up from where the first one left off when it was Sarah Michelle Gellar's character's sister that was played oh, yeah. uh, played by Amber Tamblyn, who was there to find out what happened to her sister. And her sister, you know, like fell out the hospital window right in front of her. You know, that was one of those Japanese tropes where a quick death happens in the background. And Wreck, to that point, did that exact same shit with the with I think the fireman where you could see the reporter in the foreground and then there was an opening right there on that that tile floor and then somebody came down and slammed like you know like they got thrown from the the top story or whatever I would say that um, one of the most recent movies though I'd say that with all the ones that have come out recently like new entries in established franchises like the recent paranormal activity the new halloween it's like i like seeing you know entries in franchises that were successful whether i was a fan of them or not if there was uh entry or so that i might have enjoyed but that goes to that point where you know having too many entries in something depending on the quality of it can be a a good and bad thing because you do want to see more in a franchise that you like but you also want to make sure that when they do do more that it's good as opposed to just being you know middling or just straight sucky yeah so, so what movie um yeah i segwayed out of that because i can't think of a movie that's why that's why i went, that's why I went there like a recent one and then yeah I I went, that's that was me trying to think of one and then it made me mention new entries and franchises because i wanted to piggyback up points that we made earlier i mean it's not a super recent movie and i don't know if you would necessarily call it horror but it definitely felt creepy at least to me um was it the fourth kind there's lots of things there that i feel like subliminal shit makes me unnerved and again, like the 
elongated mouths and everything. It's creepy. Just aliens. She doesn't. Yeah, I don't like aliens. aliens. Well, I've seen Shutter Island and what is it? Uh, the other one that he was in, where he's going into people's dreams. Inception. Inception. I didn't. I've seen that once. Fifty visuals. And for when I think of the movies, they blend in because I think there's both dead wife plots. Because he looks the same in both. He looks the same. It's both Leo. There's he both dead fire. wife plots and like I think a beach in both of them, like right. where the wife is near a beach in his mind. Whether it's because he's crazy or because he's in a deep part of his own subconscious. Right. So those plots mix up for me. I will say that I do what I do like about um, some horror movies, and it doesn't necessarily need to be you know like recent ones or you know ones in the past. I've watched enough horror movies where I've been desensitized to when a scare is going to come or the the boxes that the directors and studios like to check off when making a horror movie. It's like for me, it's like uh, I, I'm not expecting to be scared watching a horror movie. What I do want is that I kind of would create a horror movie's success on me to be something where I could see being creeped out in a situation. Or if you were a nerve, there's something that was like, you know, would just when get to you. Yeah, I would say that the thing about it would be... Um, jump scares, what people like nowadays, which is just absolute jump scares. But that's what I was saying there earlier about it. it seems like the audience has like a built-in mechanism where whenever a scare is supposed to happen, whether it was a really good one, big or small, they amp that shit up by always screaming. There's always somebody on the, on the audience doing something like that where you know they're screaming for really no reason um, other than to scream like it's a, like a moment in a baseball game where, okay, where this is where we get up to do the wave. Right. I'd say that um, movies that have good creep factors can set the tone for my interest in a horror movie. So it's like, I feel like the found footage genre is the biggest like for me if I had to pick you know, a sub-genre of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the... Um, that it's always going to be found footage movies and like some foreign horror movies that still deal with the found footage uh, first and foremost, and then you know creature features after. Yeah, um, there, was a, there was a good found footage uh, movie that we watched where it was just pictures and um, uh, the the police asking uh, the one person that survived in the town what the hell happened. You remember that? Yeah. I like that one. I don't remember. I can't remember some of these fucking names because they, these horror movies are good, and I think people should see them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for them and fucking write them down. There was something. There was a movie you were talking about, and it was a Japanese movie, I believe, where you said there was a bunch of like photos of ghosts that real people submitted for the film's use. Shudder. Yeah. This is the Japanese version of Shudder. It was a ja- it was uh, Japanese. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It is sh- the Japanese movie Shudder. 
um, that it was based on. It was the, the American remake of it uh, is what utilized the actual submissions of ghost photos and ones that you can find on the internet that you are definitely familiar with and the audience were familiar with. And it felt like the tone that it set there because they had the little uh, talisman um, at the top of the door. It's like when he opened the door for her to go in and take a look at the photos, it's like you could hear the sound of like, uh, you know, like there. It's like with the music, it was like ominous. Like you could hear that they, that when you cross that threshold, those pictures have lives. Like there is an essence to them, which is why the talisman's there in the first place, because they believe that that's strong enough to carry an imprint. Yeah, um, I, I like that. I, I like the, the shadow. I, I liked um, the eye. The original eye, not the one that had um, Jessica Alba in it. Jessica, is it Jessica Alba? I don't yeah. Know why yeah. I think, yeah. It was. I don't know why I was gonna think it was the Halle Berry, but yeah, Jessica Alba. Her, I no, no, no other Jessica Alba. The original one, so good, so good. It had the girl from um, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, I think, in there. Um, the first one had um, um, her name was. Sh- uh, Xu, um, yeah. and yeah. she was a, a, a Chinese model was that turned the one actress. That she was um, no, she was the one that was in one of the Jackie Chan movies called Gorgeous. And um, but in the, in the movie, she wasn't pregnant, right? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the the I maybe it's I two. Yeah, you know, I think I think it was probably I two. Yeah, because I, I yeah. Yeah, because I one had the girl from the Jackie Chan movie who was um, uh, I believe she was supposed to be a violinist and um. She was, I think, either fully blind in her eye and she went in to get it, the transplant. And then, unbeknownst to her, of course, you know, she's able to see shit that, you know, no, uh, nobody else can see. She could see the ghost. Like, she was in the elevator. You could feel the tension of, you know, that, that being in the elevator with her. She could see it. It was there. And she that tried... That was ghost, too. That was I, too. Because that's the pregnant girl where she was in the elevator with the uh, with with a woman who was dying. Something was coming out of her yeah. and in the elevator, and it was slowly flowing to her because she was the one who was pregnant with the new baby and it was looking to take it. It was looking for a new body. Yeah, that was that was that one. But there was also one where they had visited the elevator before, and the elevator was where she was there by herself, and there was just a woman there, like a dead oh, woman. Okay. So, right. so it's like they kind of went to that again because I, I remember that one there where it looked like it was trying to inhabit the baby in the in the sequel there. It was coming in, it was like the hair was flowing up under her legs. Yep. She had fell in the elevator. She was sitting there, and the hair was sliding up her leg, yep. trying to go and she's like, ah, ah. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm so fucked. I love it. Yeah, love so, it. so it's things like that. It's like um, foreign films have very many uh, moments that you could probably point out that were probably pretty good. I'd say that um, my go-to for found footage, of course, is always going to be Blair Witch Project simply because the exposition at the beginning of the film, I felt like played a really good role in setting the tone for as soon as you see what was going to unfold on film, that you was like, oh shit, I know what's going on right now. And it's like just very subtle things like, um, you know, them talking to the to the two fishermen. Yeah. And it's like a, um, he was in there saying that I was here just fishing in this river and I saw the ghost of a little girl over there standing by the bank. And then he's like, you didn't see no little girl. So I'm telling you, I saw a little girl clear as day standing there looking like she was dressed out of time. And that tied into the story about the little girl who supposedly was led to the river uh, to get water for her house or whatever. And then there was a ghostly hand that grabbed her and pulled her under. That was something you learned prior to them interviewing these guys because they gave you that backstory with the other people that they had interviewed in town. And then 
the other thing about the guy said there and talked about, oh, yeah, we heard stories about, you know, an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. It's like something so simple like that, that if you're out in the woods and you're just fucking fishing and then you see an entity, no matter how close or how far it is, and you can tell, no matter what, it's not touching the ground. What the fuck is that? That's a problem. You know? (laughs) So, you you know, so it's like, it's... It's little simple things like that. And even one of the things where they said that there was, once the, the seven kids had been taken into town, there was uh, seven piles of rocks that they came across in the woods. And then later on, fast forward into the film, those campers heard some shit in the middle of the night. And then only to wake up the next morning to find three piles of rocks right outside of their tent. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's subtle shit like that where, okay, uh, that's something that would creep you the fuck out. Didn't they break open one of them and had like bits of blood and teeth? That was that was that was that was a, a special package that was delivered to the front of their tent after one of them disappeared. <laughs> like a cat bringing in a dead bird. Yeah, yeah. It had no, a, it had a piece of like tongue and some teeth that was in it. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I, but yeah, no. I'm, but but you see, but but that, you see, then it begs you the question. It's like, okay, who brought this shit over here? Who set out the rock? How are you gonna put pieces of rocks together where and not hear it and not hear it all during the middle of the night? You know what I mean? I and feel like the, the real question is whose tongue is that? Oh, well, 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 we know, well, we know whose tongue it was, actually. It's supposed to be Josh's tongue. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be Josh's tongue. He was the one that was yelling out in the middle of the night. It's like they couldn't hear him at all during the day, but they heard him, you know, clear as day, obviously, in the dead of night. It's like you hear him screaming, and he was close enough for you to be able to hear him, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, who is doing what? Who is... Yeah, it's like who who is doing what at this point in time to your boy, and you're trying to figure out where the hell he is, and you know. Yeah, and then somehow they were thinking that they were trying to get further and further away, but only they were getting closer and closer to the house. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and it's like it's shit like that that I feel like you know can stick with you long after you left a movie if you've enjoyed it enough. You could tell what particular part was going to be something that would be a situation if you could put yourself in it would be scariest because obviously you're not going to come across you know like uh yeah, ghosts yeah, I mean, and you know later. slashers and things like that but you know things that everybody can relate to being scared in the woods with any type of noise that happens out there you want to know something that i don't like as a horror trope maybe not so much in movies but a lot in like horror stories that you hear in like creepy posters or else other stuff mm-hmm. I say I don't like it, but it's not because it's necessarily a bad thing. But when the creature or a monster starts fucking with you out of nowhere, it's not a haunted house, you didn't touch anything cursed, just some creature shit rolls up and decides it's coming for you. I hate that. Why? I didn't do anything. I, I, like, that. I like that. It, it, leaves, you in a, it leaves you in a whole, oh, my day is perfectly fine. La, 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 la. Holy shit, I'm about to die. That's what like, I'm saying. It, like, it comes at you like life would. I don't like it. I don't like it, but not because it's bad. It's a good thing. It's just like, that means there's no kind of safety. There is no safe spot. Shit can just fuck with you for no reason. Like, I, I could. I like that though, especially if, like, it, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know which creepypasta you'd be, you know, partially re- referencing as, as, as far as this goes, but I know, like, a lot of the times it's, it's always. Somebody had notification, like 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 let's say with like the SUTs online. Yeah. Uh, those, those 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 shits. Like it's always somebody encountered it by accident. Like the spray painted owl. I don't know That's if I'm familiar with that. 
Well, that one, what it is is that it's just a spray-painted owl on a wall that moves around, and it, it, it moves location. See, anybody in the space alone, the owl eats it. If there's somebody there, the owl will eat it, but the problem is, is that the owl, the, the owl like takes uh, like a couple seconds to do what it does. So like the SCP Foundation was able to find like half a person eating or something because they interrupted it midway or some shit like that. Hmm. Like that was how they found out because people kept going missing underneath a bridge that had an owl painted underneath it. And then every time somebody saw a, a painted owl somewhere, people would go disappear, go, would go missing. And then it, they realized that it was the owl itself that was eating people. See, I just, I don't like it because if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm not playing with Ouija boards, I'm not fucking with no demons, I'm not saying Bloody Mary, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why is shit coming to me? <laughs> Because it's undeserved. Yeah, so I didn't do nothing. Did I do shit? Why are you trying to eat? Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure all those teenagers who were fucking and drinking thinking they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's a pre-sensed evilness in you. Or it was just hungry sometime. Motherfuckers are just hungry. Yeah, but like, I'm minding my own business. Mind yours. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> listen. And my OB. Go ahead and listen. Players. When they but kick, yeah. when other people kick the hornet's nets, you can get them. That's your business. Right. I need to fuck with you. I don't even own a Ouija board. There's nothing within a two mile vicinity of me. Why are you fucking with me? <laughs> I ain't invoked no juju. I ain't say Candyman five times. I ain't calling no Bloody Mary. Nothing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Live my life. You do you. I'll do you. Okay, as we wind down, from time to time we'll probably share some funny or odd news headlines that we came across to give you guys a brief summary of what it is. Today, we'll have um, Al do the honors. Today is going to be one of my favorite, favorite news online topics. Florida, man, get ready for this one. In Madison County, deputies said that a man had pulled up to a Waffle House on Bandit Street and decided to try to arra- try to rob the Waffle House using finger guns. Using a what gun? Finger guns, baby. Finger guns. As soon as, as soon as you said Waffle House, as soon as you said Waffle House, I knew this was going somewhere. <laughs> Anytime Florida man is going somewhere, <laughs> but he tried to rob the Waffle House with I want to say spirit fingers. <laughs> An employee with the, within the Waffle House said that no one was injured and the suspect got into a car and left the parking lot. Deputies responded and witnesses told them that a white man wearing a gray hoodie, dark jeans, and dark hat went to the Waffle House with his dog. Investigators with the sheriff's office said that he started shouting, Get on the ground! Y'all are getting raw! The suspect also said he was high and drunk before grabbing some napkins and walking out. Did Deputies- they laugh at him? <laughs> oh, I know I would have. Deputy said the suspect didn't appear to have any weapons, but did raise his hands with his fingers in the shape of a gun. <laughs> Investigators say that they identified Rodriguez as the, as the gentleman in the, the pic that they found here on the online article as suspect from witness descriptions and video surveillance. They said he admitted that he was at the Waffle House to get some napkins and that he was going to rob the restaurant. He admitted it like a dumbass. He He's... was arrested and taken to Madison County Jail. <laughs> what do they charge him with? Attempted robbery. But is it really? Whether you have an actual weapon, it'd be attempted robbery. And then, if you do they have to press charges? Um, I think the police would do that on their own, and then it would be up to the DA after that. But I'm pretty sure the Waffle House is just what the fuck. Yeah. Grab your napkins. What you come back? No, we we don't care. He didn't take anything. Just 
kick him off the premises or something. Yeah, ban him for a couple weeks or something. Right. But he, he said he came in there to grab some napkins and y'all get robbed. Baby. He stole the napkins. And on that note, folks, we will end the episode. Thank you for listening to Fandom's Culture and perhaps a few murders and tune in next time when we will discuss another topic. Yay, bye! Hope bye you bye. enjoyed it.